Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from Fantasy Football Scout. My name is David and today we are going to be continuing our FPL Scout Report series where we have a look at players who are new to the Premier League, players who've moved from one Premier League club to another and in some cases new managers at those teams. And today we're going to be having a look at a player who has changed clubs from one side of London to the other and that is of course Kai Havertz who has moved from Chelsea uh, to Arsenal in one of the biggest high profile uh, transfers or inter-Premier League transfers of the summer so far and what impact that's going to have on FPL is that going to impact some of the players at Arsenal is he finally going to be an FPL asset worth considering after what we have to say has been largely an underwhelming and disappointing time at Chelsea those are the questions that are on your lips right now so let's dive right in and find out the answer to those questions now just before I do start I do want to signpost everybody back to fantasyfootballscout.co.uk to the scout report series uh, from the editorial department written by Neil and by Tom and by Mark and today we're going to be using Tom article on Kai Havertz very much as the basis for the information that we've got here. So if you want any of this in more detail, then you can head there to check it all out. So Kai Havertz in FBL, has he really been that much of an exciting asset for us? At times, yes. Uh, but then, of course, that's usually been before the deadline. After the deadline, not so much. I think we can all remember game week nine from a couple of years ago, that famous, famous week when we all captained him and Salah did the business. And so, yeah, that's really been the story of his FPL career so far. So he joined Chelsea in 2020, and since that time, he's made 91 Premier League appearances for the Blues, just 19 goals. I hadn't realised it was as low as that. I mean, it's incredible. And just 11 assists. Now, the thing is, is that he had, he had some good moments, but they didn't always really help us out. So, for example, he did, of course, score the winning goal against Man City in the Champions League final in 2021. Uh, but his time in Chelsea, it's been very, very difficult to evaluate it as anything other than a bit disappointing. But there are a number of factors here that I would probably insist not entirely his fault. And I think that it's worth remembering that when we're assessing his potential arsenal. So 
you know, eighty million pounds was the price tag that was paid for him, which uh, in today's market isn't as much as it used to be, but it's still a big number. And you know, you could argue there's a bit of pressure there. And interestingly enough, he seems to have acknowledged that himself because he actually described his first six months at Chelsea since moving there from Germany as the most challenging of his career. And it can actually be very easy to forget that um, COVID actually hit him harder than most. So he had COVID, and interestingly enough ended up uh, having having a strain of it that was just a lot worse than other people. And uh, it kind of sounds like he kind of also had a bit of long COVID as well. You know, getting back up to full speed after having COVID for him was a lot worse than some of the other people in the Premier League who had it and shook it off, for example. And so there's that factor as well, which is easy to forget because COVID feels like a distant memory at this point. But um, that really sort of set the tone in many ways for his uh, time at Chelsea. And it, it was sort of almost on the back foot from the very beginning. And then move forward into the 2022-23 season, and it was all over the place. Again, not really anything that's to do with his fault, really. So three different managers, Tuchel, Potter and Lampard. Uh, the first two of those, very big on rotation, Potter especially. And so just seven goals from 30 Premier League starts in the most recent season, having played just so many different positions and being benched and put back on again and just never really got the opportunity to really hit the ground running. And so... All of that has contributed to, for the most part, a pretty rubbish uh, set of numbers in terms of XG underperformance. In fact, he's actually underperformed against his XG in every single Premier League campaign he's had so far, with the most recent one being the very worst. So, should have scored 11.6 goals, according to the XG numbers, uh, only put away seven of those, and so his XG uh, delta of minus 4.6 was his worst of all three seasons, minus 1.54 in his first campaign, 0.63 in the second one as well. And so, yeah, very much a player that was afforded some chances couldn't put them away that seemed to eventually affect him almost in the same way as it sort of did with Timo Werner as well couldn't quite finish his dinner and that very much is the the reputation of the player as he moves uh, to Arsenal uh, however he was being played in a position that could argue was not necessarily his best position we're going to look at that in more detail in a second he was you know, used as a number nine, but actually ended up being uh, Chelsea's top creator last uh, time out. And so he had 38 key passes. And you also have to factor in here the fact that everybody else around him had a very bad season as well. So from those 38 key passes, uh, only managed to get one assist, despite being the team's top creator. And we saw enough of Chelsea last season, didn't we, to see that it wasn't just Havertz who was struggling to put his chances away. Everybody else had that problem as well. And so the lack of quality around him also impacted uh, his assist potential uh, as well. But we did talk about where he was used. And this is very much what we're going to talk about now, because... You know, as he moves to Arsenal, you would imagine that life as a sort of versatile quasi centre forward slash number ten, whatever his role was in Chelsea over a number of different years, might be the end of that. Uh, you'd like to think, especially for him. So Kai Havertz himself has very much said that he's a midfield player who likes to go in the box. You know, doesn't hasn't said oh, I want to play centre forward, which is quite important there. And so, you know, he was excelling as an attacking midfielder at Bayer Leverkusen, and then coming to Chelsea, spent a lot of time as, as a centre forward, as we said. And they've got a heat map on the screen, or rather, an average position map showing his average position uh, by game week in the 2022-23 season. And as you can see, uh, very much um, leading the line uh, for Chelsea uh, in that time. And the problem is, uh, despite being not really that much of a natural number nine. 
he was still getting put in that position, even though it's not really what he's good at. And again, we've got a, uh, another quote just on on that from Havertz himself, where he said, I don't have a favourite position. I know I'm not a real number nine, uh, just waiting in the box and doing headers. I want to be influential in the game, get the ball, drop sometimes into midfield and start attacks there. And so I still kind of feel like it's very, very important that we remember that his his role at Chelsea was never really what he wanted. And if we're looking at him coming to Arsenal thinking, hmm, that's kind of underwhelming as an FBL asset, he's not going to be used in anywhere near the same role at Arsenal. And that's probably going to be good for him. Now, in a way, his his disadvantage is, is his versatility. And he wouldn't be the first Premier League player to be versatile in lots of different roles and then that count against them in terms of finding somewhere they can just play every week because he's cap- he is capable of playing as a number 10 um you know he can cr- play across the forward line as well uh, or as a central midfielder but it could be that a slightly deeper role uh, at Arsenal could be what helps him unlock his potential you know he's he works very hard off the ball and I have to say whenever I've watched him play and I'm not looking at it with an FBL hat on what he does off the ball has always impressed me um, his passing ability is quite good and he's, he's technically very good on the ball as well which is something that Tuchel has pointed out before you make comparisons with Bergkamp, Van Persie, Berbatov kind of player. Um, to use two exact words, he can play in the half position because he has good runs. He also feels free from the number nine, creates overloads to one side and arrives in the six-yard box and has a good timing for it. Uh, one other thing that's also worth pointing out, kind of a bit of a footnote, but we've got some decent stats for it on the screen, is that Havertz actually not bad in the air. And I hadn't even really noticed myself. He's actually six foot two. Every Premier League player looks tall, to be honest. And so they all sort of hide the the players you want quite six foot six six foot two Havertz is and so actually he had 24 headed goal attempts last season which is actually the sixth best among all FPL players uh, so the only Premier League players who had more headed attempts on goal than Havertz last season were Tarkovsky, Haaland, Cher, Kane and Mitrovic so do look out for that as well you know there's a possibility that he could be uh, uh, a threat on set pieces for for Arsenal but speaking of Arsenal let's look at the context of what he's arriving in because it's all change. It's like when you arrive at the station, you arrive at a London terminal, the journey is done and you have to go find yourself a different train. And that is exactly what's going to have to happen with Havertz because the chances of him having to play centre-forward at Arsenal are very, very slim at this point because they've got Gabriel Jesus around, Martinelli can play up front as well. He has not come here to do what he has been doing at Chelsea, as we've already said. And crucially, Arteta has said, Kai is a player of top quality, he has great versatility and is an intelligent player. He will bring a huge amount of extra strength to our midfield and variety to our play. So pretty much on the nose there from Arteta that he is going to be a midfielder for Arsenal. And what we're hearing on the grapevine, specifically reported in The Athletic, is that um, Havertz is actually quite likely to replace Granit Xhaka uh, on the left-sided central midfield role. And so what we've done is we've had a look at uh, that heat map for that particular role to maybe give us an idea of where Havertz is going to fit in at Arsenal. So the thing about Shaka is that while on the surface you might hear that name and think, oh, OK, Havertz is going to come in and play the Shaka role, not interested in FPL at all. That would be accurate if we're talking about FPL before last season. Uh, it's very in vogue right now to play inverted fullbacks. That's what that's, that's what all the cool kids are up to these days in football management, uh, Guardiola and Arteta especially. And Zinchenko has very much been pushing in to central midfield, which allows um, Shaka to push even further forward, knowing that Zinchenko is standing where he used to stand. And as you can see from the heat map on the screen right now, we've got 
massive chunk of red in the number eight position. Anyone who has watched our video on Kovacic and, and Gundogan will see that actually this is a very, very similar heat map to Gundogan. So if you haven't uh, had a chance to check out that video yet, go back and check out the, uh, the Kovacic video uh, so you can see what the heat map was for Gundogan. This is very similar. You know, we've got slightly fewer touches in that defensive third than you would expect from a player like Shaka who historically has had to cover back. And what's missing from the defensive third, like lift that blob of red up and stick it forward in the box. And that's what we can see here is that the, the, those touches curling into the box, lots of penalty box entries from the left-hand side. And that's all because of Zinchenko and well, well Arteta, I, I should say, asking Zinchenko to push in, allowing Shaka to push forward. And what that did was that allowed Shaka to get seven goals, eight assists uh, last season and actually racked up the same number of big chances as Erdegaard with a total of nine. And so this role that Havertz is likely to come into play actually has a lot of potential. Uh, Shaka obviously could offer a lot more value because he was priced very cheap and we'd be very surprised if we saw um, Havertz coming in as a 5.5 million midfielder. But it's just to let you know that the Shaka role at Arsenal has a lot of FPL potential and if Havertz plays it, then that could, um, could be good for him. You know, it's going to allow him to sort of face the opposition's goal rather than have his back to it. You know, making runs in beyond the last man. Um, and But the big question, though, is whether or not he can uh, replicate the defensive side of things. We think we can all say that he's going to do very, very well, possibly even better than Shaka in terms of the attacking stuff of the game because Havertz naturally is an attacker. So what it might come down to in terms of how often he's able to play this role and it, and it would work for Arsenal is how he can replicate those that defensive side of the game. Because if you think about it, Jesus... Havertz, Erdegaard, Saka and uh, Martinelli all on the pitch at the same time. That is very top-heavy. And so there is the possibility, we just have to just mention at this point as a bit of a caveat, that there could be some rotation there if Arteta felt that those five couldn't be on the pitch at the same time. Uh, alternatively, Havertz maybe spends some of the summer working hard on the defensive side of his game and uh, is able to do some of the, the dirty work that Shaka was able to do. Possibly. So that's something just to consider. But on the whole, if Shaka was to, if, if uh, Havertz was to play the Shaka role, it's by no means uh, an area that's going to limit his ability to have an impact on the game. And if anything, could uh, free him up a little bit. Because there was a lot of focus on Havertz. You know, with him having to lead the line specifically at Chelsea and all of the weight and the burden of what it means to be a Chelsea number nine. You know, it's even worse when you actually have that number on the back of your shirt, which he sort of did as number 29. You know, all of that weight on your shoulders can can be really difficult. And, and we've seen a lot of players struggle with the pressure of that role. Going into Arsenal where he's got a lot of high-performing players in good form, um, shouldering the responsibility for attacking work. You've got centre-forward in Jesus who, uh, you know, he, he leads the line. He's the big man that everybody's looking to for the goals in terms of who's the centre-forward. So that pressure's taken off him. But at the same time, it's an attack that is very multifaceted and by no means do they rely on Jesus for the goals either. And so being part of a sort of more of a conglomerate of goal-scoring goal uh, achievement rather than being the spearhead of it could be exactly what he needs to actually get his confidence back. And so... I'm actually I'm relatively confident that we'll talk we'll talk about this specifically the FPL implications in a minute. But just from a footballing perspective, I'm relatively confident that Havertz can actually have quite a good time at Arsenal, uh, just because I think it'd be a nice fresh start uh, and an opportunity to play a different role more suited to what he's best at. And I think that's going to be what he needs uh, personally. But we talked about 
yeah, FPL prospects. Uh, what do we think this is going to mean for FPL? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. What we definitely know is that he hasn't lived up to his potential so far. And so he does come to Arsenal with you know a black mark against his name amongst casual managers at the very least. And probably the more hardcore ones of you as well. Uh, for all of the reasons we've already discussed. But coming into an Arsenal attack, scored 88 Premier League goals this season, you would at the very least have to say that his numbers are going to improve. You know, we should see him getting more attacking returns uh, this season. But the question is, how can he compete with Saka, Erdegaard, Martinelli and Jesus, you know, for FPL potential? Three of those made our FPL team of the season last year, uh, or rather the year just finished. Jesus probably would have made it if he hadn't got that injury because he was just on fire before he went into it and it was very, very good when he came out the other side. And so... In order for him to be able to provide value for FPL managers, he's really got to offer up more than some of those big names. So let's we'll talk about their prices in a minute because it could come down to that. But in terms of their specific numbers, let's see how they compare. Now, this is a bit of a, a skewed a comparison, of course, because we've got four of these guys all played at Arsenal last year and Havertz at Chelsea had a very bad year. There's a couple of things here where he, he he's able to show, you know, shoots green shoots of hope but for the most part it's not an, it's not an amazing comparison so in terms of minutes per goal one every 367.9 minutes you know that was way off these other four Saka on 226.6 Erdegaard on 207.2 Martinelli on 185.5 and Jesus on 186.8 so he's miles off there miles off there but in a way it wasn't for lack of trying so the underlying stats are mildly more encouraging than just goals so minutes per shot he had a shot every 36.3 minutes in a pretty poor team which wasn't far off Saka on 35.6 Martinelli on 35.2 and Erdegaard on 33.4 and so the only player who was yards clear of him for this stat amongst those other Arsenal players was Jesus on 26.7 shots in the box uh, it's sort of a similar story 
One every 40.9 for Hazard last year, which is Hazard, <laughs> Havertz, <laughs> uh, for Havertz last year. Uh, 47.3 for Saka, 66.1 for Erdegaard, 44.9 for Martinelli. And so then Jesus, miles ahead on 28.2. So Jesus, the only one better for that stat. Shots on target, again, similar story. I had a shot on target every 80.5 minutes. Uh, Jesus' was 64.2. And then Saka, Erdegaard, and Martinelli were 102.3, 100.3, and 92.8. So all of them worse than Havertz. Then in terms of the XG, uh, he had a, it was his XG, his minutes per XG last year, uh, Havertz was 222. And then Saka, 277.3. Erdegaard, 310.8. Martinelli, 298.3. And then Jesus, 148.7. So again, another stat, Jesus, the only one uh, with the better better numbers there. And then expected assists, though, miles off. Havertz is just a million miles off here. Um, he had a minute per expected assist of 9933 Saka 546 Erdegaard 402.1 Martinelli 399.9 and Jesus 716 so miles off there now what those numbers really tell the story of is someone playing centre forward you know someone shooting a lot of the time someone having lots of shots in the box having a relatively solid uh, number for shots on target decent XG rubbish XA you know that's a centre forward right there now you would expect him to not be so heavily involved specifically in the shots if he's going to play this uh, Shaka role. But as we already pointed out, the number of big chances afforded to Erdegaard was exactly the same number of big chances afforded to Shaka. So if he's playing in that role, he's still going to have uh, you know shots. It, it, the, in, the indication is that he would have shots uh, of a similar uh, quality uh, in terms of a similar frequency to Erdegaard, for example. And so really that moves us on to the the classification the prices, because what it all boils down to, you could have skipped all of the first 18 minutes of this video and just listened to this bit, because this is the most important bit. We need to know how he's going to be classified and how he's going to be priced, because he was a centre-forward uh, last year. in FP- Well, he was a forward in FPL, having played centre-forward a lot uh, for Chelsea, and he played centre-forward a lot again. And so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a world where, simply because of that, FPL Towers go, that man's a forward. And he gets classified as a forward again. Now, he has moved to Arsenal before the game has launched. And so I can also envisage a world where FPL look at the situation at Arsenal. They look at who's on the roster. And, they, and they're and they very, very aware of the fact that Havertz is probably not going to play centre-forward there. And then classify him as a midfielder. Now, the second of those two is the one I would prefer. The former of those two choices is the one I would expect. Because... There's an element of consistency here. If you turn around and say he's a midfielder, despite the fact that last year he played a forward, eh, it's shaky ground, I think, possibly. Now, that's just my personal opinion on how positions have been done before. In an ideal world, I'd like it if he was a midfielder. That would be really nice because that would just help him potentially ask a little bit more of a question of fantasy managers because when you consider that Saka was in the 8 million bracket last year, Erdegaard and Martinelli were in the 6, 6.5s to start with, but by the end of the season were widely owned by everybody. Saka, Erdegaard and Martinelli are in the team of the year. Jesus probably would have been if he hadn't had that injury. Jesus might, his price might stabilise, you know, it might sort of plateau because he his overall numbers for the season in terms of raw numbers rather than per 90 maybe wasn't good enough for him to go up to a 10 million you could argue. And so he might be the cheaper version compared to a Martinelli, Erdegaard and Saka, who I think most people are expecting to go up to 8, 8.5, 9 million, possibly. 
you know they were they've more than justified those prices now has Havertz justified <laughs> being priced in that bracket if he's a midfielder absolutely not and so most of the predictions i'm seeing right now are sort of Havertz as a 7 as a 7 million 7.5 and so if that happens and he's a good to 1.5 million cheaper than Saka, Erdegaard and Martinelli and hits the ground running. I wouldn't be surprised if two or three weeks into the season people move to Havertz based purely on value. Now, I'm not saying necessarily that I think he is going to hit the ground running, but there's enough here that I can see that if he were to hit the ground running, I wouldn't be enormously shocked. And the final thing on this is just Arsenal's fixtures. Arsenal's fixtures are very nice at the start of the season. And if Havertz was looking for a platform with which to hit the ground running, he couldn't really have asked for a better run of fixtures than this, in my opinion. You know, you've got four of the first six are at home. And the first one is at home against Nottingham Forest. That's going to be a big confidence booster because I think we all expect that to be a big win for Arsenal. Then the next home game is Fulham at home. United at home game week four is a difficult one, but we know that United can concede lots of goals against the big teams and Arsenal can score lots of goals against the big teams as long as they're not Man City. And then game week six, home against Spurs. Well, this new Spurs team are going to be all out attack from what we can see about Postacoglu. So, that's probably going to be a high-scoring game, a 4-3, something like that. So those first four home games for Arsenal, lots of goals available for them there. At least two of them are going to be games where you'd expect them to dictate possession, and therefore those two number eights are very much going to really just be looking at uh, consolidating into the box rather than necessarily having to drop back and help out, especially in a world where there's inverted fullbacks. So I do think especially in those first two games that Erdegaard and Havertz, if they're the two that start those games can have a good time and you know if we are as I said looking for the best possible start for Havertz to hit the ground running could be that it could be that the away games also look quite nice Crystal Palace away in game week two Everton away game week five and they don't get worse necessarily um, moving further beyond the first six Bournemouth away game week seven looks nice City at home game week eight of course is a challenging one Chelsea away game week nine who knows really we don't really know what impact Pochettino is going to have at Chelsea but you wouldn't be surprised if it took a little while and Arsenal went there as favourites Sheffield United at home game week 10 so you know there's strong justification to be fairly heavily invested in Arsenal over those first 10 games and how you do it is going to be a difficult question because a lot of the players that you want to have in your team naturally are going to be massively hoiked up in price and so with Saka Erdegaard Martinelli and Jesus all almost certainly over 8.5 million if Havertz has hit the ground running I don't know Maybe he's the way in. He could be the way in. Let's find out. The final thing that will help you work that out is, of course, the preseason. And we're very fortunate this year because of the way the preseason is panning out in terms of the commercial and marketing side. Because we've got a lot of Premier League teams going to America, playing other big teams uh, in, in just a way of being able to showcase Premier League football all over the globe. And that, I think, is going to make for a preseason where we're going to see a lot more teams having to sort of under probably commercial pressure, play their best teams, or at least try to play their best teams, uh, you know, from the off in pre-season, which they would be incentivized to anyway, because you want to get your first 11 prepped and ready to go. Um, but I think that we're going to see a lot of high-quality games in the preseason, which should tell us a lot about who's playing where, how much for, what role they're having. And so all of the questions that we sort of have still in our mind about Havertz's role at Arsenal, you know, can he replicate what Shaka does defensively there? You know, is that going to mean that maybe he plays for 60 minutes and then they take him off and bring Party on for the last half an hour just to shore things up, for example? You know, all of those different things we'll see in the preseason. And that is a good opportunity for me to push to you the fantastic 
Fantasy Football Scout preseason page, which some of which is part of the Fantasy Football Scout membership. So we'll start with the preseason page. Uh, it is a just it's just your absolute bible of everything you need to know about the start of the new season, covering all of the preseason games and and uh, I was going to say excruciating detail, but that makes it sound like it's painful, but it won't be. It'll be very very useful for you. It will tell you uh, who's playing, how long they're playing for, how many minutes they've got, what roles they're playing in, who's getting the goals, who's getting the assists for all those preseason games on the preseason spread minute spreadsheet as well, which famously discovered Aaron Wambasaka and John Lundstrom when they were 4.0 million defenders. So make sure you check that out because that will tell you what role Havertz is having in the preseason for Arsenal. So make sure you check that out. Also, Fantasy Football Scout membership as well, because some of what I've just discussed there is uh, part of the membership package as well. Head to fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. Go up to the top menu and click on Members Benefits and pick the package that is best for you. Absolutely sure it will help you win your FPL mini leagues and get one over your mates so you can find out all those tips before they've even created their account because it's that time of year uh, where you can start doing a lot of that pre-planning. Well, that's everything from me. I hope you've enjoyed this video. I would be remiss in my duty if I didn't remind you to like this video, subscribe to the Fantasy Football Scout YouTube channel, and hit that bell notification. It is that time of year when you really need those notifications to know when the content is out because there's no deadlines with which to shape your schedule for checking out the content, so make sure you've done that. Uh, And with that, I shall leave you fine folks to enjoy the rest of your summer, and I will see you next time. Elevate your summer with Osea's best-selling body care set. It's everything you need for radiant summer skin on the go. Featuring travel sizes of Osea's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral skincare, like their best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Right now, you can get the best-seller's body care set, a $78 value, 33% off. And use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER.